Gotta start it with the branded dink. Dink it and sink it. No, I, th I, th no, I, th I think we'll get sued. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they haven't trademarked that. Mm. I don't know if they have or not. We'll find out. I guess so. Are you gonna watch the Super Bowl tonight? Is it tonight or is that next week? Oh, it's a Pro Bowl tonight, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, I think it's a Pro Bowl. Oh. But I am watching. Shows you how much I know about the Super Bowl. I am watching a Super Bowl. I got tickets to the Super Bowl, Jesus. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna look that up because I do you want, Who do you want to win? Not Tom Brady. You have to get out right now. I'm doing this podcast by myself right now. Okay. You want you want Patty to win? Patty Holmes. Yeah, because then the Browns can say, we lost to the eventual Super Bowl champs. Come Defending on, Clevelander. I want, I want Tom no. Thanos to collect his Tom sixth ring Thanos. and to snap, snap half of the NFL away. Okay, okay. I, no, I, this would be his seventh, actually. Super Bowl, oh yeah, you're right. Chiefs Buccaneers is the seventh. I'm actually cheering on both of them. To be honest with you, I would be happy for both of them. One for Tom to get his definitive seventh, and he's instigated like undeniable. Because he's not already. Well, he would be just so cemented. Because nobody else has seven. Well, yeah, I think to go six, and then everybody said he was a he was a child of Belichick, and Belichick made him the way he was. To go to, I mean, I'm sure that helped. Uh, it definitely helped. But to go to Tampa Bay and first year to do it. Yeah. And then on the other hand, if if Pat Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs do it, I think that uh, I think it's it, good for him, great for him. I am uh, I'm I'm excited to see where the league goes because I think it'll definitely mean a big shift in. In the types of quarter, because uh, as you know, like after the first week, the the AFC had all like the the Baker Mayfield was the oldest quarterback after the first round of playoffs, and Baker Mayfield's like is not old twenty five twenty six yeah. So, I'm I'm rooting. I I won't be upset for whoever wins. That's fair. That's fair. I just I thought it was this week because there's. You got all these deals at like uh, Costco about like deals on big TVs and whatnot, and they're all probably you know savings before the big game. Like, well, it must be this weekend or something. How many how many people do you think go out and buy a new TV for the Super Bowl? You think it's a lot? If I were to do it, that might be like outside of normal sale time. That might be the one time that I do that. Right, like I wouldn't buy it specifically to watch the game, but I would take advantage of the fact that they're doing sales like Black around Friday, this time. Right. Labor Day deals. Right. And then um, Super Bowl time. Super Bowl time. It's 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 not sense. so much like I think you and I are the same way. It's not so much about buying the T V to watch the game, it's more about taking advantage of the sale when it happens. Yeah. And it's like you know they're gonna probably do sales around the Super Bowl time. Yeah. So just if you need a new T V, just wait. It's probably gonna go on sale. I feel like everything at Costco goes on sale at some point. You just gotta wait. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm a little sad. The almond crackers that we like are now not on sale. We bought three boxes. We've gone through two. <sighs> no. 
I think the sale ended on the 27th, too. So it was like, now, it's probably going to be a while before they go on sale again, which is a little unfortunate, but that's all right. We'll cherish the ones that we have left. All right, you and I... Uh... You and I are in totally disagree in part parts of the universe. You are what? Mr. Chardonnay. Yes. And I am a little bit leaning towards the, the Blanc. You're just... You're not... It's not that you're not Mr. Chardonnay. You're just... Your palate is not yet... It's a baby. It's a, You have a baby palate. I like the Gerbers. Yeah, you're just not really aware of what you even like yet. That's the most disrespectful thing you could say to a man. You just don't know what you like. <laughs> Full-grown no, man. Not that you don't. It's more that you just don't have the... You don't ha- you haven't tried much or enough. This duck is really good. This you duck, like this? Ducky Chardonnay. You are alright with that? More than alright. Okay. Okay, do you like the Chardonnay from... <clears throat> or... Or, no, this, no, 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 this. sorry. Do you like the Sauvignon Blanc from them or the Chardonnay better? Can't say. They're both really good. I I am more a fan of Berry Forward. We should have our guest go buy a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. We could do a side-by-side. I have one waiting for me at home. <laughs> <laughs> should just brought that too. Uh, I, I think Berry Forward, like anything that's just got more of the fruity notes, for, for whites... I've making fun of me. I don't know what it is. Do you like the fruit forward? Yeah. You like the taste of the grape? Yeah. <laughs> I like berries, mainly grape type in my in my wine. No, I, I there's something like a tangy tartness about it that Yeah. That's uh, fine. It's really good. This one very exceptionally delicious. Delicious. Again, I will always go back to good wine is what you like. Yeah. And I think that's a problem too. I think the the last one that I had just was maybe I don't know it was box wine, and there definitely is a step up from box wine to yeah to actual pay a little bit of money bottles. And yeah, and you could in a little bit of money is right. It doesn't have to be a lot. Yeah, but there are plenty of boxed wine that's actually pretty decent. Exhibit A, what we have in the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. that ca- that Cabernet from Kirkland is yeah, pretty decent for $4 a bottle. Yeah, I agree. What are we talking about today? What's on the docket? It's on the docket. I had brought up a topic and I don't know if you want you want to talk about it, but well, let's give the preview of a, a couple of co- a topics that might be on the docket today. I want to talk about millennials. Okay, millennials. And travel. And travel. That's only there's only two topics today. I think I think we can handle that. I think we can handle it. Millennials too. and travel. Which one do you want to go first? Flip a coin. Heads is millennials, <laughs> travel <laughs> is tra- is tails. Hey Siri, flip a coin. Heads. There you go. Millennials is first. That's what I wanted to do first anyways. There you go. So why do you even have me flip the coin? You went too fast for me. Speedy. Speedy Gonzalez. What a... And his cousin, the lazy one? Who's the lazy Slowpoke one? Slowpoke Rodriguez. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even say that. That's, that's going to hurt me if I start speaking like Slowpoke Rodriguez. <laughs> hey, Speedy. <laughs> no, no, we can't. I've never even seen that one. 
I'll have to show you a video. There's there's a really funny one. <laughs> um, there's something interesting. I I gotta say. How so we're on the you, topic of millennials, right? How do you feel about our generation compared to the last one? How do I feel about them? Yeah, it's that's so broad. Let me let me narrow it down. Okay, in the context, narrow it down to to more context. How do millennials handle problems in terms? How do millennials handle problems versus uh, Gen Xers or Boomers? Mm. Boomer babies. You know, it's, I don't know, it's like, I you always hear about, um, you know, the boomers or whatever is like the greatest generation, and I think there's a lot of truth to that, you know. I think there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of broad things I'm going to say here in a minute. No, it's okay. Uh, I think in general, I feel like our generation oftentimes gets labeled as like, uh, privileged or as like self um, oh shoot what's the word self entitled not self entitled is it self entitled yeah self entitled not, yeah just like just entitled in just general. entitled in general exactly so it's like you know oh you owe me this it's like mm, no not really and whereas I feel like and, and I think we have to speak in broad generalities because obviously you can find there's going to be boomers who are cases everywhere. Yeah, you can find boomers who are entitled. You can find millennials that are some of the hardest workers you'll ever meet. And so I think we have to label the conversation in general as speaking in generalities because there will always be outliers. There will always be yeah you know percentages that go in either direction. But I do feel like in general that there are a lot more entitled people in our generation, I feel like. Maybe the sense of 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 working hard to achieve something is a little bit less. Definitely the sense of just having knowledge from the standpoint of like everything you need to know is just on your phone. So why spend the time to learn it or look it up? I'm sorry, learn it or like educate yourself on it. Whereas I feel like, you know, I, I think back to, um, you know, where somebody would would have the knowledge to know like how to fix almost anything in their house, right? Like that's kind of a broad example for me of um, like, you know, I was, it's, it's a funny example. I was watching... Um, H, not HGTV, the Magnolia Network now on Discovery yeah. Plus. And Joe brings a, uh, like a weird spidery lamp thing to this guy whose name, I think she affectionately calls him Pops. But he's like an old timer who can like basically fix and wire anything electrical. She's like, hey, can you, I've got this thing. Can you extend this? Can you do that? Can you basically rewire the whole thing? And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I can rewire it. I can, you know, whatever kind of light bulbs you want, I'll just replace the sockets with whatever you want. And it's just another example was they had uh, somebody who was in doing stained glass windows, and he was, like, creating stained glass windows, which is kind of an, a lost art, I think. Just um, sure. Uh, but it's just, I think I... I in general, I think our millennial society has lost some of that, like, hard work, especially hard hands-on work. 
you know, like fixing your own car or building your own shed or, you know, those type of things like hands-on projects, like up front, you know, where we were, when we were tearing yeah. out all that stuff and, you know, using tools and, yeah. you know, just, just elbow, hands-on. Yeah, elbow grease exactly. Stuff. Which is funny to me because I like that sort of stuff. Um, I'm learning. I do too. Yeah. But, and I don't, I don't do it all that often, partially because of where we live and whatever else. But, um, yeah, I, I do find that I like that stuff. And I, I find that I want to have conversation with people of the greatest generation to learn from them because I feel like, you know, that generation obviously is, is passing. And, you know, like I think of, of questions that I want to ask my grandpa that I no longer can, you know, cause he's not around anymore. And it's like, you know, I think trying to extract, to extract, not in a bad way, but extract as much knowledge and wisdom as we can from those who are older than us, especially of that greater, greatest generation, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I also feel like our, our millennial, you know, world, so to speak, is, is maybe this goes along with lack of hard work, but it, go, it just feels a little soft, you know, like people view things as like they come home from work and complain about having like a rough day and it's like you know i had two people that yelled at me and i had you know whatever and it's like that's what like suck it up buttercup right that's that's not that's not a hard day like yep let's let's talk about iwo jima let's talk about world war one world war two like let's talk about freezing freezing you know losing like toes and feet because baseball it's players terrible. of the 1930s or 40s that would go to war come back play baseball and still have a job also. right <laughs> right and it's like that's exactly what i'm talking about it, it's and i probably i mean you know when this publishes or airs or whatever i'm probably not going to get a lot of you know yay, that's great that you're talking about our generation that way. I'm probably not going to have very millennials that are thrilled with me for saying things like this, but I do. I feel like our our generation is just maybe in general a little soft, which is part of the reason why I listen to some of the things that I do and listen to some of the podcasts that I do to to provide context and to remind yeah. me sometimes life's not... I mean, our life in general as we live it is not that hard. And yeah. if you live in America, <laughs> life is definitely not life that is hard. not that hard. Yeah. Right? For for the vast vast majority yeah. of Americans. And I realize it's timely with COVID and all that sort of stuff and obviously people are struggling and all those sorts of things, but at the same time, you know, if you are living in America, you are you would likely consider yourself rich in comparison to somebody in the Nairobi. Rest, the rest of the world. Yeah, anywhere that's a third world country. Yeah, right. So that's my take on. I know we 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 shift started on. to shift a little bit, but we're bringing it back. That's that's my take on millennials and whatnot. Your uh, turn. Go. I, as a man of the people, I'm going to be favored by them because I'm going to go against you, sucker. <laughs> Just uh, Suck up. Yeah, you got a little something on your nose yeah. there. You might want to get that off. I with brown do, in color. I do want to challenge you in some ways. Um, I think that our generation is labeled entitled because we see what technology has done. The millennials were kind of like 
a lot of millennials, because since they started in the late in the 80s, they got to see the shift from, you know, playing outside and doing, you know, your everyday coloring books, whatever, your normal activities, playing with your bike, whatever they used to do as a kid, to growing up and then just seeing technology come in and overtake everything. And we were actually able to surf the wave of technology. Most millennials, you know, are very good sure. with that. For sure. I think the entitlement comes from seeing that change happen so rapidly and perhaps certain things didn't change with it and we're like, why can't this change? Like we changed all this other stuff. We changed how we do with communication. We changed how we deal with certain problems. Why can't we just fix this? Hmm. Uh, I, I think that um, the sort of hard work mentality comes from, again, watching technology do things easier. There's maybe like a, a certain part of millennials that is always trying to figure out a way to do things efficiently with technology or more efficient. And that's why we come off as lazy because we can fire off a text instead of writing out a letter you know, writing out an old school letter. And that's not to say I fully disagree with your point because I think there is a world where millennials can definitely learn a lot from the boomer generation and what it is to mm -hmm. just put your back, your elbow grease and everything into it. Um, I think out of our generation, those are going to be the people that really succeed. Um, the people that just really go digging into whatever they can. But um, I just thought of it. I, I we're not going to get into it this week. But with with the GameStop stuff, the the hedge manager fund stuff, I I just saw the original question like how how millennials solve things. Um, I think there's something to be said that like the technology we've created with social media and platforms like that, we have been able to like unite. And, and we see people unite each other. And, and I'm not saying that social media is perfect because you and I both know that it has brought on a lot of crap. Sure. And brings out sometimes the worst in people, but... But also could bring in the best of people in some cases. Yeah, sometimes you're able to see... But far more often than Hedge funds lose billions of dollars over some Reddit post that... I just hope you and I were not invested in that hedge fund. I... <laughs> You know what? I have that would be my, a serious turn of I irony. have my billions of dollars that <laughs> nobody knows about in my hedge funds, and yeah, I'm totally screwed. <laughs> if you have billions of dollars, why don't we have better equipment? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think, though, that um, there, there definitely is a big difference in problem solving from uh, millennials and... Uh, and boomers in the sense that millennials are trying to not find the easiest way, but try and find an efficient way and a technologically savvy way. And how can I do this faster and better? Mm -hmm. Whereas boomers, nothing wrong with them, but they were just like, I'm going to grind this out. I'm going to do this and put, put my nose down and yeah. head down and work type of mentality. And I, I see that in my dad. Um, they didn't have the access to the, some of the same technology that we have, so no, they had for sure their hands, right? And right. I, I'm sure your dad's very much like it too. Like, hey, we got to work, and I'm gonna put my nose down and my head down. We're gonna we're gonna work, <laughs> right? For sure. I'm 
I don't disagree with you that technology has helped in a lot of ways. Um, and I think it's it's interesting from the standpoint that in some ways technology has allowed us as millennials to multiply our work, right? It's, it's allowed us to take what normally would take, you know, we'll say two hours and we can do that same amount of work in potentially with technology less time. Yeah. And so there are, again, this goes back to outliers and, and all that sort of stuff, but there are certainly tons of folks who are working super hard. They're working 16, 17, 18 hours a day hustling as the, you know, yeah. quote says, but you know, in, in I, I wouldn't say that they are working less hard than somebody who maybe works like, you know, in a factory or something like right, that, or, right. or you look at 40, 50 years ago was doing something different where they use their yeah. hands. Like they're both working very hard in their own capacity. We, in our generation, maybe have the addition, the help of technology, yeah. but I don't necessarily think that um that 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 the technology um what am I trying to say here like in some ways the technology has has helped because it multiplies work and in some ways it's like it's made us a little more lazy it's like well I don't have to do that you know I'll just figure it out a different way or technology it out or whatever but I think some of it goes back to um like one of the things my dad always says is uh you know, if something's broke, like we're gonna fix it. We're not just gonna like go out and buy a new one. You know, like if if what we're using is is broken to the point of no return, sure, then we'll we'll buy a new one. But yeah. if it's a simple fix, or if it's broken, and I can at least investigate if it could be fixed, or you know, what it would take to fix or whatever, then I will put in that effort and that work and fix whatever it is and instead of just throw it away and buy a new one which kind of goes away from millennialism a little bit and more into just a difference in like consumer culture you know which is i guess not really the topic of discussion here we're talking millennialism or millennials in general and not not the the consumer right. culture but right i i think the two kind of are linear in the sense that yeah, like yeah as millennials we typically i think are more of a consumer culture less you know, more so than like the, the older generation where you would fix something several times over maybe even before yeah. you went out and like bought a new whatever it is yeah i think we definitely have been trained to be consumers and that might be going to your entitled point that might be that maybe as millennials we value our time a lot more you know we see something we'll maybe see like 10 seconds can i fix this look what it takes mm, i'm not gonna try you know, I, I think that the boomer generation, even if their time was more valuable than that, they kind of took pride in saying, I can fix this and I can do this. I'm able to look up these parts. I'm able to put this all together and I'm able to fix this. The irony of your statement is look how much easier it is for us to look up things and try to fix things now. Like, yeah. no, You can like you can YouTube so many things and learn so many things. Like you want to learn how to change your oil? YouTube it. There's probably... 10,000 videos out always. there on changing your oil in your car or always Google, changing always a tire YouTube. or, you know, whatever. And I'm just using car examples because I recently did this. But, like, to your point, it's the information is at our fingertips, but 
we could use that information slightly differently rather than just saying, oh, it's broken, I'm gonna buy a new one. You could say, oh, it's broken, let's let's learn how to fix it and do that. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I, I mean, being 28, uh, I'm not a young spring chicken, of course, but. 28 is a young spring chicken, are you kidding me? Young enough. Bro, you're going to live to like you're 80 or 90. You're like 28% into your life right now. That's true. But still, old enough to have seen certain things. By the way, I know that math wasn't exactly right. (laughs) On how long I'm going to live based off of what I eat. Yeah, no, from the standpoint of I'm 28, you're going to live to your 80. That's definitely not 28%. That's probably (laughs) more like 33 or 32%. Maybe I'll live to be 100. Maybe you will. It brings a whole other conversation of advancements right, really in technology quick. and like how, how long old, are we going to live? How old do you want to live? Not that old. We're same. We're the same. Bro, I don't want to live till I'm like a hundred. I don't either. I just I don't I don't know. I don't feel like that's things aren't going to work their way they're supposed to. That's like, the big problem. <laughs> like joints are going to hurt more. Your body's going to take like more of a toll. It's just I don't know. What are you going to do, Larry? late 20s 30s just like things start hurting randomly and it's like if it just gets worse from here then i'm not looking forward to it no i don't want to i don't want to i mean i don't know maybe i'll change my mind later and i'll be like i want to impart wisdom on as many people as i can but we'll see yeah this is a topic i think that deserves more time and more discussion yeah absolutely i just wanted to get we'll we'll bring that but we'll put that on the docket for some other time how much more do you think millennials uh value travel than say a boomer generation um that's actually really interesting i think boomers because of like the jobs that they have taken and like naturally what they came up through they kind of had to travel so it it was a lot more business-based so they kind of didn't care about it so it was like very businessy or very uh holiday or you know mm. vacationy type of travel uh, I think millennials I think we we kind of cherish it more just going out and seeing stuff I think being and I don't want to again dump on boomers but I think overall millennials have a more refined palate or open palate we, we love to experience a lot of culture some in general because we've we're becoming more and more of a melting pot like Mm -hmm. before uh, things were not as accessible so you didn't get as excited like if i would have asked somebody in the 30s or 40s like hey what's sushi they would have been like i don't know what that is dude the world has definitely gotten smaller for sure and and i think it's a good thing and i think it just makes people want to say like oh i want to learn what churrasco is i have to go to brazil like how do i do that like i want to go to brazil now i want to experience some brazilian steakhouse brazilian you know churrasco style you just have to youtube it you just got to youtube it of course and go to texas day brazil (laughs) (laughs) uh i i want to experience sushi i want to experience what like all that stuff is i think we become more appreciative of it sushi sweats all you can eat Oh man, we've got to we got to do a live episode from there. Did you go there today? We were so close. You had to. Where'd you go for lunch? You got you had to be home. It's the reason why 
I took a bathroom break before it. It's hot, hot, hot chicken takeover. <laughs> that quick, eh? Straight through. My whole intestine tract just went like in a straight line for the day. It didn't do all the squigglies that you normally do. Yeah, no squigglies. <clears throat> um, all right, moving on. Let's, we were going to talk about travel. Hence my... That was the best segue, actually. You like that I transition? Really, Come on. Absolutely clean. It's so clean. Where is your dream destination? Where is like a spot? And you've traveled. Let's let's put it here. I have been to like two countries. Uh, that's not true. You've been to more than two countries. Comparatively, we're just gonna. No, how many countries have you actually been to? Don't say two. Legitimately three. Okay, Mexico, United States, and Canada. It's very small country. You might not have heard of it. The Great White North. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to spice it up a little bit. You heard bit. of Drake? I'm sorry, Drake? <laughs> Drake? Drake. I think that's how you pronounce it. Drake. Uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs> uh, yeah, so not well traveled. I, I know there's people that haven't left the U.S. at all. But there's people that don't even leave their like state or their town. To I, me, that's just, like, wild. That is wild. There's, like, one version of the world that you know, and you that's just see pictures of other stuff, and you're like, I've never seen that, and I might not Bro, the see fact that. that there are people in this world, and, like, again, I get it. Like, if that's what you want to do, I don't, I don't poo-poo that. I'm just saying, like, my brain doesn't comprehend a situation in which someone is like, yeah, I was born in this little town in Nebraska. I'm going to live in this little town. I'm never going to leave this little town. And I'm going to die here. And it's like the world is just so much bigger than that. And, you know, well, I don't know. comparatively to my three countries, let's take a look at your okay. hit list of mental math here. At least 20 countries that you've been to. 33. <laughs> hey. Um... I, you've been to a lot of places, so to me there is definitely magical places in the world that I just want to know about, but maybe to you, there, there's probably still some of that, but you've already been to a couple of places, definitely I have been. 11 more times of places than I have been to if we wanted to put some math into it. Yeah. What what places, if there's like one hot spot that you are like, I need to be here at some point in my life and I, I need to do something, what... uh. What's that place for you? What's that? What's that destination? I, dude, I don't. I don't know that I can just pick one. Like I'm looking back because I keep a list on my phone of the countries I've been to. You got a hot list. You gotta... Only because I my goal in life, and I stumbled across this once I started to actually rack the countries up. But my goal in life is to consistently visit at least the number of countries that I am years old. So like by the time I'm 80, I want to have visited 80 countries. Right? Yeah. And I'm on pace right now. I'm at 33, and I turned 32. I turned 33 this year. I am 32 currently. Yeah. So, now granted, some of these countries I didn't spend a whole lot of time in. That's fine. That's fine. um, I'm a little behind if I want to keep that pace up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, 33 is the count right now. So, decent amount of... uh, Let's see, Asian, uh, decent amount of Central American countries. Probably and some Europe. 
a few Europe and then, you know, a few uh, Caribbean. We tend to do Caribbean for vacations and things like that because it's beautiful. I mean, I don't think I need to explain why Caribbean <laughs> is beautiful. Uh, and my wife loves the sun. So there's that. Uh, uh, okay. I happen to be allergic to the sun, but... <laughs> you didn't... <laughs> You become a lobster in the yeah, sun? Yeah, for sure. I don't uh, know that I'm actually allergic, but it feels like I am sometimes. Beach, um, city, I guess mountainous, rainforesty. What? What's your ideal, like, hey, I want to go to a vacation spot. What's your ideal, like, when you think of wanting to go to vacation, where, where do you think you get the most rest from or most most out of your vacation? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I think... I think I like a lot of different things. I... I, I again, we established that I am... Darn your well-traveledness. <laughs> I am mostly allergic to the sun, and so therefore just sitting... In the, like, my wife likes to just sit in the sun and just, like, read or whatever. She probably has more melanin For, like, you. hours and hours and hours. And I'm, like, 20 minutes, and I'm, like, I'm inside. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't go inside. I just put a towel over my legs and wear a long sleeve shirt and a big-brimmed hat, and then I sit outside with her. I just don't get any sun. You're, uh... <laughs> You're so, a little bit of butter and lemon away from becoming a, somebody's meal. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, but, like, so I, I like being outside. I like, I think sitting by a pool or by an ocean is relaxing. Yeah. But I also could appreciate the beauty of, like, going in the mountains and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't particularly like spiders or snakes. So if I can avoid those two things, then I'm usually pretty happy. That is specifically so, how I look for vacations. I go I to don't a, actually want to go to like a rainforest because <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of spiders and snakes in said place. I specifically look at vacation spots and say poison animals in said vacation spot. So if that's the case, then you should go to New Zealand because they don't actually have any poisonous animals. Which is opposite from Australia. Correct. Which has like Although they every, are close to each other. Every poisonous thing everything is out to kill you i've not been to australia or to new zealand yet i heard new zealand's beautiful that's that's where they filmed some lord of the rings that's uh that's bucket list for me yeah some somewhere in there iceland i have not i know you and uh our mutual friend who will become a guest soon i hope so is uh are big on iceland i think i would like it i think i would just need to experience Sometimes not knowing enough about a place, you just don't have it on your radar. Mm -hmm. I I definitely know that you, uh, he enjoyed it a lot, and I think you guys have you you've been right to Iceland. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, I thought you guys had been. Mm -mm. I have not been to Iceland yet. I want to go. I feel like when I was younger, our vacations were more based on like nature and camping and stuff like that. Like I vividly remember going to Colorado with my family because we used to live in Kansas. And we, like, my dad pulled over the station wagon on the side of the road because we drove past this, like, waterfall and river. And, like, we all just got out of the car and, like, started walking in the river. Like, up the river and then, like, around the waterfall. And, like, we were probably there for a couple hours. Super cool. And the water was, like, freezing. I was about to say. Because it's Colorado. It's coming it's, down yeah, the mountain. from the mountain. It's frigid. But it was, like, that was so much fun, Beer for sure. water right there. It's freezing. 
but it was fun, you know? And I think as I have gotten older, I don't do as much of that anymore. Um, but I find that sort of activity fun. I like the adventure of that sort of activity, but I also like the adventure of wandering a new city. You know, I, I think back to a recent, not that recent now because we've had almost a year of non-travel, but somewhat recent, uh, Andrew and I went to um, Puerto Rico and we just like spent uh, probably four or five hours wandering around um, old San Juan. Super cool. Super cool. Like, you know, just looking at the history, wandering around the city, like learning all sorts of stuff and figuring all sorts of stuff out. We actually found, ironically enough, we found a uh, a Marshalls. Like, a mar- like, like the one in Avon Like, clo- like yeah. clothing Marshalls. Yeah. Like clothing Marshalls, yes. We found a Marshalls in San Juan, which was kind of funny. They also have a... Go, which goes to the commercialization, I think, of our our world. There's a Costco in Los Cabos. Oh no, <laughs> that would so ruin Los Cabos for me. I was. Side note. Anyways, um, but oh wait, no, no, no. Like, we have Costco. They had Coscos. Coscos, yeah, the yeah. Coscos, <laughs> the the El Coscos. El Coscos. <laughs> See, uh, no, I, I, you know, we had a ton of fun just wandering around San Juan as as. Especially, especially like old San Juan because you know there's, there are like forts and like just old cobblestone streets and stuff like that that I, um, that I find super fun to just kind of explore and walk around. So, yeah, that's that's dope for me. I mean, I think I just like exploring new places in general because, I I think I'm consistently, childlike amazed at like how big the world actually is. You know, like when you look at something like the Pacific Ocean and you realize like how big the Pacific Ocean it is yeah. and it's like we're just we're just in such a small tiny little tiny yeah. little space in comparison to like the entire world so I think just just experiencing as many things about yeah. the world in as many places as I can I think is is why part of why my goal is to go to the number of countries that I am years old yeah no that's that's very awesome. I feel like for me, I'm I'm so needy. I'm very specific. Do you say you're so needy? I am very needy. I I get recharged. Can we ask your wife about that too. No, she will more than agree, and that will that will that will sting a little bit. But I I like city, big city. Mm-hmm. But I also need, at the same time, a place that I can go to to recharge from it. Because, like, I, I like going into a city, getting all that I can from it, and then, like, the next day, going to a beach, going to a rainforest, going somewhere away from people. So what you're saying is you should go on a cruise. Um, yeah, I, w- I would definitely do a cruise. Uh, Charleston was very good for that when we went... Um, you know, you got the city of Charleston, but then you could go, like, to the beach. You could go, you know, out and checking out some of the plantations and, and just doing things that are a little bit more away from people, uh, nature-related nature, nature related things. Um, Tennessee was very much like that. I actually really liked Gatlinburg mm-hmm. in the sense that our cabin was... Nashville? No, Gatlinburg. Have you ever been in Nashville? I haven't been to Nashville yet. I've just been through it. Mm. But need to go. I need to go. 
Mm. Um, we were like five minutes away from downtown Gatlinburg, but still at the same time that drive like got us out into the mountains and away from people, and that was wonderful. I've never been to Gatlinburg. Um, it's a little tourist trappy, but it's got a charm of its own that it's like. If you know what you're going for, if you like kind of like that southern, very Tennessee, mountainy mm-hmm. sort of vibes, like absolutely go. Um, I think it's a little bit better served when you go with people and you're able to just do stuff together. Um, I actually generally will say I'm I'm split. I, I 50-50, like half the time I would like to just do be, be with me and my wife, but the other time I think... Going with like another couple or like couples vacations are, are actually pretty cool if you if you got, go with the right people. So you're saying we should go on a cruise? I'm suit. I'm already there. I already booked. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I like big city and and being able to then recharge because I'm. It's a lot. It's a lot when you take in a city, but especially if you're like an uh, introvert, you. You get like a rush and a charge, and if everything's scary, there's so many people. Then you do a lot of super cool stuff, and then you want to go into hiding for like a day. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I, I definitely think I'm an introvert. I, I strain myself a lot to try and go all out when I'm around people, but then that that like uses my social meter. <laughs> drains, like drains the battery. Drains the battery, so I, I like to. Just do things alone sometimes and just recharge. Is your wife a introvert or extrovert? I think I know the answer to that. She's an extrovert. <laughs> She's not. She's no. so full of crap. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, absolutely introverted. <laughs> uh, yeah, she uh, she recharges by being alone, as I do too. It's kind of interesting that you guys are both introverts. Because my wife is definitely an introvert and I am not. I am definitely an extrovert. Yeah. So I'm like, I come from work and I'm like, what are we doing? And she comes home for work. She's like, I'm going to take a nap. Okay, I, just, I just need to not be near things or people. Or people, yeah. We often talk about how our job should be opposite, where she deals with people like all day. And I, like, I mean, we recently just hired two people, right? But yeah. <laughs> in general, I don't interact with that many people that often in a day. I mean, yeah. notwithstanding some of our recent work, but still, it's kind of interesting. But we got we're veering. Tra- yeah, travel. travel, travel. Going back to travel. Travel. We have a uh, we have Japan mm-hmm. for next year. So I don't know how many times on the podcast we're going to talk about it, but I, if the podcast doesn't know the audience, am an absolute fan of Japan. Um, so I'm very excited for that uh, big city. Uh, you know, you got Tokyo, you've got... Listen, one of my favorite things about Japan is that they have so much respect for their country. Mm-hmm. Anybody that, like... A lot of their things that they do usually brings back some sort of level of respect to their country. Like, that's a reasoning for it. Um, there's just a lot of things that they do differently that I, I just find interesting. Um, even respect for themselves... Uh, even before the pandemic, they it's tradition and customary, more customary than I guess tradition, but I would say customary. Yeah, people wear masks when they're sick. 
Right. Just out of respect for other people. Right. So as to not infect others. How great would that be if we did that here? Like, hey, I've got a cold. Uh, I'm not going to get you snotted up. Right. So I'm going to wear a mask. Right. I would say, you know what? I'm I'm considering adopting that, even if I look like a fool. But now that we've been through a whole year and a half, probably going to be two years with masks, I I am going to probably adopt, you know, if I ever have like a, a man cold, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. which man colds are the worst, I am going to probably start masking up. I like that idea. It's 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 the whole it's the idea of being respectful to others, which I think relates directly to, you know, I think our our faith faith as Christ followers, like we want to love other people. That's certainly a way that you can love other people, right? Is to if you have if you're sick, I don't want to get you sick, right? I want to love you well, which means not coughing in your face. So if I put a mask on I think that's that's certainly loving other people. It, it just so. shocked me so much because it like when I saw it, we're so not used to that here. Because it when is. I saw it, I was like, "Why are they wearing a mask? Like it's mm-hmm. so weird. Like mm-hmm. what is this for?" And then I had an explanation. I was like, "Why isn't this like normal for us?" It it just shocked me, and I think that could be something that we could adopt as, I as wonder, a country. I agree. I also wonder if it's just in general. I think a lot of Asian countries are like that. I think China's like that. I think I, I do too. Yeah, you know, like, like Korea, Korea, Hong Kong. Uh, Hong, yeah, Hong Kong's a country. Uh, Taiwan, the Philippines. Not so much the Philippines. I guess less yeah, of the those, Philippines, but yeah. Philippines. Singapore too, maybe. So that's the one I was looking for. Singapore. Singapore yeah, they're yeah. very very clean like that. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just like an Asian culture thing or if it's. Japanese specifically, or what? I do know in a but lot I'm, of those... But I'm on board with the love of Japan. Asian countries have a lot of just honor-based... Like, honor means a lot to them. That's going to be interesting, like, for me. I know that, like, a lot of the travel guides that I've seen, they say, like, you know, here are do's and don'ts of Japan. Mm-hmm. And then, like, usually by the end, they're like, also, don't worry that they know you're tourists and they know that you're going to right. be... But I'm like... I would so love to just show them, like, hey, I appreciate your country. I'm going to respect yeah, this. for sure. Uh, and I know what you guys are trying to do, and I just want to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think people would be generally happy if you're visiting their country and you even attempt to, you know, show respect and in, in, in honor their customs and traditions. Like, I think that's, I think that's a huge part of being a... a a modern day traveler in general so yeah. talking about you know millennialism and, and traveling like if you can learn about the culture that you're going into whether you're going to spend a week there or a month there or a year there and trying to understand their culture a little bit better so that you can relate to it so that you can you know maybe respect it a little more where necessary you know i, th- I think that's only going to enhance your trip and your relationship with the people that you're going to come across during your your travels for sure i i'm i'm totally on board with the whole uh loving of japan thing like i i would love to go there in addition i think uh my my in-laws my brother-in-law and his wife spent i think three years living there and they were like it's like the travel here as far as getting around is so easy like there's so much public transportation everywhere and it's so well run even so my brother in law was like, he's like, you can, like, it's so on time, you can set your watch to, like, the trains and stuff there. They're, like, that precise. 
cheap. Precision, I think, is another thing about Japanese culture that I appreciate. Precision, efficiency. Though mm-hmm. They are about those two words. Well, when you live on an island and you don't have a whole lot of... You can't expand... Gotta make that place better, yeah. <laughs> you gotta... Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I really do agree that I think just being able to, as a traveler, just take in culture, uh, I think that's one thing to appreciate. Uh, I don't know if anybody in the audience knows this, but I was born in Mexico. I uh, came to America when I was six. So I think one of the big culture shocks for me and I didn't notice it until later, was that in Mexico, you could meet someone and they'll have you over for dinner and they'll treat you like family. And here, it's not that people aren't welcoming, but it's not as customary, not as much tradition, it's not as much part of the cultural. Mm. Um, Mexico, I think it's just like trying to be very much family-based in the sense of like, hey, come over, you're family now. How much of that do you think goes back to talking about generations? Because I think, like, you think about reverse maybe, uh, I don't know, we'll call it 70 years ago. You could, like, leave your car running, leave your keys in your car, go into the drugstore, get your stuff, come back out. You don't lock your front door. Like, you just, you meet somebody, you're like, oh, come on in. You know, we got some, some little Intamins cakes and whatever, like, you know. Have some coffee, like you drop by at a friend's house just because you happen to be in the area. Like, you know, people don't do that sort of stuff anymore. And I, I think yeah. some of that is just the the times, right? Like, yeah, definitely the times. You know, so and I, I don't know if if any of that had to do generation generationally in Mexico. Like, if you were to live in Mexico now, I wonder if you would think it would be different than you did when you were there twenty two years ago. I've been back. Did you feel the same way? There's still... That's definitely still in parts of the DNA. You're right. Like, you can't just um, walk into people's houses and stuff like that. But there is, like, a definite welcoming, like... Hmm. Even just in the restaurants, there is a certain level of... They take so much pride in what they do... And they're so happy to welcome people to their restaurants that it, because of the poverty, a lot of the restaurants are their home sometimes. Sure. Like where where they cook is like, hey, I got this this first floor and I right. dedicate it to be a restaurant and I live upstairs. Right. So they literally sometimes are welcoming you into their home. For sure. And there definitely is a certain feeling of you're being welcomed into a, like. It's beyond just like when we go here to a restaurant, like, yeah, you're being served, you're being taken care of. You do definitely feel a certain you're in my house and I want you to feel like you're in my house and I want you to feel very welcome here. Mm-hmm. It's not as much like, hey, come over, like like I was saying would would happen, but there, there definitely is that DNA still. <coughs> Interesting. Um but I think you're right too. It is a sign of the times. Like you can't leave your car running. I think people are going to take it. Overall, people are going to take advantage. Somebody. There's always that one person. One person ruins it for all. Um, but yeah, yeah. Culture taking in culture is is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of culture I want to take in. I I still have definitely Italy 
mm. big big Europe stuff. I, I want to do sure. Italy, um, probably Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, Your Spanish would certainly help you in Spain. I mean, slightly different, but in they Spain. would definitely know. You, oh. could pick, you could pick the accent apart. They'll for like, sure, but you still speak. I mean, it's oh, like no, no, I'm not going to yeah, seem like a fool, but they're going to be like, oh, this guy's not from Spain. He's from you know, no, Mexico. but you could communicate easily oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I think you could probably get along pretty well in Italian as well because Italian oh, and Spanish are super similar. Super similar. You just add like an oni at the end of everything <laughs> Italian. <laughs> I'm just kidding now. Uh, uh, no, I, I definitely also like Italian culture. Um, yeah, I spent a month in Italy when I was in college and I want to go back so bad. Yeah, I, I did art history and just like it's literally like an art bed. It is like, well, Florence, you, you've got where, you know, Michelangelo, Raphael, and uh, a lot of the Italian Renaissance, Mr. Da Vinci himself. Yeah, I just, I need to go. And and I, for, the, for clarity's sake, I don't mean like mainstream Italy, like Rome, Venice, Milan... Like I, I would check okay, those out, but like I've been there, but like Florence, that, but that's not what I want. I want like small town. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If we go, like, we'll definitely do. If you're gonna would, go, you I need do, like two to three weeks. I would do Italy itself, yeah, and then do the big places like Venice, Rome. Well, you have to go to Venice because it's not gonna be around much longer. Rome, you can wait, but you gotta go to Venice. I, I would. I wouldn't think about doing Milan. I would probably just go straight to doing... No? Milan's not that great. I don't think so. It's really expensive. I, yeah, I didn't. It, I mean, it it's the fashion capital of the world, so you, super cool, your but fashionista also, stealth can, like, you know, They're going to say, dude, the itch, but, dude, you've got gray pants and uh, and a flannel. Get I out. <laughs> I didn't... I wasn't that, like... Milan's like, yeah, okay. But, but yeah, the small town type of stuff, I absolutely would eat that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would go and like Sicily. I've been to Sicily. What do you think of Sicily? I've heard great things about Sicily. It's great. Yeah, I mean, the food was great. Sicily actually, um, I took a night train to Sicily, so we we got on a, a train. You know, probably I don't know six, seven, eight o'clock in the evening. You know, had uh, had some sleeper beds that we get kind of transformed into. I mean, they basically like folded out of the wall, and you just kind of slept on like what was more or less like bunk beds. But um, then, like, you were on the train overnight, and then you woke yeah. up the next morning, and you were in Sicily. Because Sicily, for people who yeah. it's like it's essentially the ball that the boot is kicking, the boot being Italy. Like Sicily <laughs> Sicily, is, yeah. is the is the little island kind of it's the soccer ball <laughs> exactly it's like the little island at the very uh, boot tip end of Italy I've heard that a lot of Sicilians don't consider themselves Italians they consider themselves Sicilians, Sicilians yep or at least very... or at least they're very proud of being specifically from Sicilian Sicily. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like That's I'm funny. Italian no I'm Sicilian yeah you're just, yeah yeah I had a I had a friend who took college he went to Ohio State he took a Italian class. And the teacher caught on that he spoke very good, very, his Italian was very up to par. And he's like, Tony, Tony are you Italian? He's like, no, Tony is a sneaky Sicilian. <laughs> and that, I just remember that from him. And I just thought that was funny. I was like, you Sicilians really like to, yeah, like to specify. 
Yeah. I just, you, I don't know. I, I, I love, there are just so many things I love about the culture of Italy. I love the, the idea of you know, gathering for a meal. And it's like, it's not just you, we sit down and we eat for 20 minutes and it's done. No, like meals in Italy last like hours because it's, yeah. there are courses and you're, you know, having food and you're having wine or whatever. And you're, you're just, you're spending time with people. And I, I love that about mealtime in Italy. It's just, it's, it's an event, even if it's just with your family, it's an event because it's, it's time to get to spend together and to, you know, enhance friendships and laugh and, you know, have fun and whatever else. But, and I think, I think a lot of our American culture is just so about like efficiency and speed that we don't take the time to sit down and have meals like that. And if we do sometimes or half the time they're in front of the television and it's like, that's, that's not what this is supposed to be. You know, I I would, I would go back to Italy in a heartbeat. heartbeat. Oh, for sure. For sure. How about Greece? I, I would love to go to Greece too. I was in Greece shortly, only two or three days. Uh, but the time that I spent in Thessaloniki was super amazing. It's right on the water. Um, Again, tons. I think anytime you're talking about European countries, especially ones on the coast, you know, think about Spain, Italy, Greece, Turkey. Turkey, I guess, technically is in Asia, but um, like, there's just so much history. Hold on, dumb, dumb Christian moment. Is Thessaloniki Thessalonica? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yep. Yep. I'll just check. So, <laughs> so you you think about like, yeah, you're you're potentially walking in places that Paul has walked. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like to 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 really sit back and think about like you could be walking in the same places that like ancient historian like ancient people that we read about in the Bible or yeah. other places like have been walking yeah is like it's 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 hard to like comprehend and understand but that's, it's really really cool that's that specifically is something I want to experience like doing a Jerusalem or a mm-hmm. Greece or or something like mm-hmm. where I could experience walking certain like footsteps that like the ancient biblical times, you know, biblical people walked and that, that I think that specific feeling, cause I, I get that. Like when we went to Charleston, we were like looking at houses and I was like, Ashley, like I, I was nerding out so hard. It's like, Ashley, this guy's house, like he's one of the writers of the declaration of independence. This is where he lived. And I was nerding out just about like American history. Cause I love American history. Which but was only like what late 1700s, it's early 1800s, 200 years old. Right, we're talking about things being 2,000 years, years old. Yeah, and that's that's amazing to me. And just like being able to rewalk those, the same foot footsteps. That that for me would be a very, very big, very big thing for me. So I, I definitely think, you know, Jerusalem or Greece. Um, one of those for sure are in, in my bucket list. And I, I don't know which one, maybe both, but. I remember back when I was in Assisi in uh, Italy, St. Uh, Saint, Francis of Assisi, I think. Yeah. Famous. Uh, I almost said St. Florence. St. Francis of Assisi, that's where he was. Anyways, I was there uh, as part of that month-long trip to uh, Italy when I was in college. And I remember uh, one of my buddies that I was there with, like we were in this shop or whatever, and the shopkeeper was like, yeah, I, you know, I want to show you guys something. We're like, okay. And he like takes us down this back staircase to like what's more or less the basement. But then he's like showing us, and what essentially he's showing us is roads from like 
like zero, you know, like 15 AD or 35 AD, like we're talking like 2000 years old. It was great. I mean, modern roads and stuff have been built to look similar. And and in some cases, they certainly are those same roads. But in, in this case specifically, like those subterranean roads were the ancient ones that then had gotten built on top of into what was today's you know, roads and buildings and things, but to go down there and see those cobblestones and things yeah. and like think that, okay, you know, Paul or whoever could have been walking these roads was like, was just totally, uh, totally wild. This is going to be funny, uh, especially because it's your father, but I still think also on, on the bucket list, speaking of Jerusalem is taking a trip with your father, just because the sheer fact that it's really funny when you hear about about him just correcting the well not correcting but just being more knowledgeable than the people whose job it is to be a travel guide there it's interesting <laughs> i would love to go to, to to israel with with my dad i think that would be a ton of fun from the standpoint of like i think as a believer in general just going somewhere where like you're reading the bible you can then stand in the place where the like what you're reading is actually taking place That's like the and then best. specifically to have someone who's super knowledgeable about the Bible and, you know, whether it's my dad or somebody else, but to, to have them just be able to expound and unwrap the layers of what you're reading in addition to being there in person, I think would be just an incredible, incredible experience. I think it, it would just make your, your scripture come alive. It would make your, your faith, I think, even more deepened to be able to take a trip like that for sure. Yeah. My sister has gotten to go and I was super jealous, so. I want to go next. We'll have to add that to the list. Mm-hmm. Israel is, is a country that I have not been to. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of, there what, 176, 179 countries, I think? Yeah, in somewhere in the 170s, I think. 176, so, only being to 33, I, I got a lot of work to do. You got some work to do. You got to live until you're 179. Ugh, gross. <laughs> no, thank you. All right, with that, uh, we, we finit. El fin. This, uh, this duck was pretty good. Duck was delicious. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm adding that to my portfolio. As you of should. Good wines. You need to have a little uh, keep track of the things you've had. Yeah, yeah. Keep a, I, a running kinda, list and like what you liked about it. Yeah. Just keep like a. I, I can see a lot of, of it is going to be fruity. Get those, get <laughs> what did you like about it? Up front. Fruity. Get one of the spiral notebooks up front. It'll All be right. your. It'll be your journal of consuming. That way you can. That way it's fun to like be able to look back and be like, oh yeah, I had this, you know, this this one time. This is what I liked about it. This is what I didn't like about it. Specifically, it's interesting if you can get into it a little bit in terms of like, okay, I had it in 2015. It tasted like this. I had it in 2019. Now it tastes like this. And sometimes you'll find differences, which is really interesting. But different topic, different time. Join us next time. That's a wrap. Yeah. On. The, the extra minority. The Extraordinary. The Extraordinary Podcast.